The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Okay, folks, get ready. This is going to be another UFO episode. And there's always so much happening in the UFO field, we can't get away from it. I mean, sometimes we do. Sometimes we talk about other subjects, even related to UFOs like sci-fi, and of course we talk about time travel. And things like that. But our guest today is Chris Evers. He's editor of a UK publication called Outer Limits, which has no relationship to the Outer Limits TV show of many years ago in the US, I don't think. And he's also author of a book published by our friend Philip Mantle at Flying Disc Press, which is called The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere. Chris Evers, welcome to the Paracast. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me on to uh, come and spend some time with you, gentlemen. And uh, may I say, I hope it's not too late and the year hasn't traversed too quickly from New Year. But Happy New Year to you and all your listeners uh, around the globe. UK is one of our major resources of listeners outside the US. So the UK and Canada and Australia, places like that. At least you don't have to put up with these fuzzy pictures of people on the video podcasts. I mean, I understand if you have a great studio, but you see so many of them, they introduce guests, famous guests who are dealing with an old computer with an old webcam, and all you see is a blur yeah, or a barely discernible face. And so we don't want to do that. One of the things that I, I, I am quite used to is doing shows this way because uh, myself and a gentleman who you mentioned a moment ago by the name of Philip Mantle, we actually did our own radio style podcast on the Paranormal UK radio network. We did that for about three years until uh, Phil's health kind of took over and Phil had to step back a little bit. Well, these days, you know, we might consider TV, but then I would want to hide my own face. So what I could do is, like in the old Invisible Man movies, put bandages around my head. <laughs> oh, dear. What can I say to that? <laughs> I, I, I think I know where you're coming from because I, I suffer from the same problem. <laughs> I don't know if anyone remembers those movies. Like the I original do. one, The Invisible Man, the one with Claude Rains as the Invisible Man back in the early 30s. Yep. And The Invisible Man returns with Vincent Price. Yes. And it, what happens is when they get invisible, they become psychotic and start doing weird things. But if you give them a blood transfusion, they become visible again. Yep. Well, of course, nobody yep. figures that out. Those movies. <laughs> you do. Oh, a fellow traveler. Anyway, 
I see that you followed this thing for a long time. What led you at the beginning to become interested in the paranormal? Was it an experience or just reading? Uh, really, it was the experience that I had way, way back in 1974. I used to go and stay at my, my uncle's uh, my uncle's property here in the city of Kingston up on all in East Yorkshire, which, as you look at the map of the United Kingdom, is on the right-hand side of the map. We're situated just above the River Humber, which is actually an estuary, and we're about halfway between London and Edinburgh. I had an experience when I was 14. I'd read a couple of books at, at staying at my uncle's about ghost stories and the occasional UFO book and so on and so forth. But I can honestly say it wasn't a deep interest. It was a passing interest. You know, being 14 years of age, 13 years of age, when I used to go there, you know, at that age, you don't want to go to bed at like half past eight, nine o'clock, you know. But I would go to bed at those times. But I'd sit up in the bedroom reading from this pile of books in the corner. And it was it was that where I had a slight interest and as i say it was only a very slight interest i'd read properly a ghost story then try to sleep all night with a light on you know that kind of thing anyway a few months after doing doing these kind of things it was in the february of 1974 where uh, myself and a group of lads it was very early evening around about four o'clock so it was already dark here in hull kingston upon hull about that time of night we'd come home from school have our evening meal, and if if everything was okay and it, the weather wasn't too bad, we'd we'd go out and we'd, we'd have like an hour with friends outside. And at this particular night, we went out uh, after our evening meal, and we decided to have a game of war, as we used to do back in the nineteen seventies. You know, we didn't have uh, this the modern kind of items that they have nowadays, like. You know, mobile phones and laptops, computers, they, they were years and years ahead. Anyway, this particular night, I'm sat playing this game of war with friends, two equal teams. We was hiding on, on top of a, a mud mound on a building site close to where we lived. Uh, you could get access to building sites back then because the, there was no law that said they have to be fenced off to protect individuals trespassing or going onto the property where they was building the new homes. Anyway, I'm I'm adding away on top of this mud mound, and I, I'm looking to the southwest of my position, and where where this occurred is about half a mile away from where I'm actually sat right now. And uh, I'm looking to the southwest, and I see a blob of light. Didn't think anything of it, just a blob of light, and uh, kind of ignored it. Anyway, about 30 seconds later, I saw another blob of light, this time a little bit closer to me. So it kind of like this one blob of light blinked on, went off, moved closer, blinked on again, went off. Then the next time this occurred, it, it kind of jumped back to the middle position between number one and number three, kind of like when position one, position three, position two, position four, then back to position three, and it kind of jumped across the sky like this. And of course, that... Okay, so this light, it kind of blinked across the, the sky, coming towards the position where I was. And, um, you know, it kind of lit up the sky. Not lit up the sky, sorry. It, it appeared once more above me. And as it appeared, this light flashed once more. I jumped up and shouted to my friends, look, guys, up in the sky, there's a UFO. Now, 
I only called it a UFO because at that time I was very much into my my science fiction programs like Star Trek, which had just come out, you know, the original series back in the UK here from 1970. It had been shown on TV. And then we had things like Doctor Who, who who I'd watched on and off for a number of years. And uh, one of the programs that was quite popular at the time was UFO by Jerry Anderson. You know, the, t- the stories of Shadow and uh, protecting the air from alien invasion to capture body parts so these aliens could take them back and use them in their own operations on their own planet. I wonder where that idea came from. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it was that. That was why I jumped up and called it a UFO. And uh, But as I shouted, now this was about four o'clock, on this particular day, it was a, n- a dark night. We were on a new building site, a new council housing estate, and um, there were practically no streetlights in evidence. But as I shouted it, you know, I could see all the stars in the sky, a fantastic, a fantastic background of, of various stars. This light blinked, when it blinked on and I shouted UFO, it blinked off and never, ever followed the same pattern that it should have done, you know, across the sky. If it had been travelling from the southwest, it have ended up going northeast, over towards the coast, coast of um, East Yorkshire, probably the Bridlington area, the Flamborough Head area, which is made famous now, of course, by uh, Paul Sinclair and, the, and the, the investigations that he's doing up there. But anyway, this, this light n- never came on again, so it was that, really, that brought me into the subject because I tried to find books at the local lending library on the UFO subject. Thankfully, they had some of them, and these were books such as those written by uh, Major Donald Kehoe, ex-USMC, who was retired at the time, and he was uh, in his UFO organisation over there. He wrote some of these books in in the 1950s. We'll continue with Chris Evers talking about how he got interested in UFOs with Gene, Tim, Chris, you're in The Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, 
are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Do you have difficulty taking supplements? Are you searching for a high-quality, complete nutritional drink that your whole family will love? Nutramedical's Life Support has arrived. All of your daily nutritional requirements in one quick, delicious drink. Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support is a proprietary blend of vegan protein, activated vitamins, essential minerals, amino acids, probiotics, green tea, digestive enzymes, anti-inflammatories, cancer prevention, detoxification, and much more. Your body will high-five you for this one. Life Support is the best, complete, nutritious meal replacement on the market. Whether you are an elite athlete, have post-operative challenges, chronic illness, elderly, or a family that just wants a quick, delicious drink, try Dr. Bill Deagle's Life Support for optimized nutrition in one great-tasting smoothie. Just add cold water, almond milk, fruit, or anything else you like. Nutramedical's Life Support. Try our great-tasting chocolate or vanilla today. Call 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. Nutramedical.com for the whole family. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into, like, an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris Evers mentions how he started reading about UFOs, the books from Major Donald Kehoe, for example. Now, Major Kehoe, Originally wrote some books like Flying Saucers from Outer Space. Yep. Okay, Flying Saucers, Top Secret, The Flying Saucer Conspiracy. He headed a group called NICAP. I can tell you when I was thrown out of NICAP headquarters some years later, but we don't want to get into the crazy (laughs) encounters with Donald Kehoe. But anyway, let's continue after that. So you read the material from Major Kehoe. What happened next? Well, after that, I, I carried on reading books by uh, 
British ufologists and, and authors, you know, things about the Warminster thing, which you may remember, which was going on in the late 1960s in the English town of Warminster. The, the Warminster events actually went on for, a, all in all, around about 10 years. So these kind of books got my interest in the subject, you know, and I took a, an interest in the subject, read regular news reports, etc. you know, tried to look up information in the local lending library and just kind of found an answer to what I'd experienced, which 50 years later this year, I still haven't got an answer for what I personally experienced. So it, it, it was that that kept me interested. Anyway, over the years, coming up to the 1990s, I became an investigator for Tony Dodd, uh, Quest International. I became friends with people like Russ Callahan, Philip Mantle, and others, you know, people like Graham Bertel and Mark Bertel, who were, were quite well-known within the subject at that time period. All these kind of people I, I became regular acquaintances with, you know, and people like Dr. David Clark, Jenny Randalls, you know, I, I was kind of like talking to these on, on a regular basis. At that point, had you begun to have an opinion about what's going on? No, not at all, because I, I was, I suppose, the earlier books that I read, they kind of led me in the direction of, you know, nuts and bolts craft. And to some extent, I do think along those lines. And But, you know, I blame that because of on the books that I've read when I was younger. You know, I, I think, to be honest, today, there are a lot of strange descriptions of of craft, shall we call them, that have been seen. And it's these that I've tried to concentrate on, you know, the, the very strange descriptions that I've tried to concentrate on in my book. What about the American studies, especially, for example, with this current Pentagon UFO investigation? Any impressions about that? Well, I think, you know... We'll get what we get, basically, from uh, America. You know, my own personal opinion is we do not need disclosure being admitted to from the Pentagon. You know, they've already admitted it in so many respects. On the 17th of December 2017, in the New York Times, that there is something beyond UFOs, something which at the moment still cannot be explained. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that these vehicles, these devices, these craft, if we want to call them that, are actually coming from extraterrestrial sources. You know, I've heard it mentioned, you know, on various times that some people, some investigators believe they could be coming from underneath the oceans of our own planet. Now, when we consider that we only know about what's going on under the water, we only know about 5% of the terrain under the seas, under the oceans. We're actually a water world when we think about it. So, yes, it, it, they could be coming from under that. Not that I'm saying they are. And, again, not that I'm saying they're not extraterrestrial. You know, this is the $6 million question. We do know, though, that what we are experiencing, what people are experiencing, is something strange. Tim. Speaking of unusual shapes, have you seen the video that's been circulating for the past uh, couple of weeks of the jellyfish-shaped UFO that was uh, uh, videotaped over um, a U.S. base in Iraq? 
Yes, I have seen it. Yeah, my opinion is of that really is it's a hoax. You know, it, it's first of all we've got to remember it was supposed to be invisible. You know, mm-hmm. and it's picked. It's said to be picked up on infrared. Now, you know, if it was invisible, how did the cameraman keep focusing on it all the time? How, how come he, if he managed to follow it? You know, we okay, yeah, used an infrared camera. And being a full-time photographer, or I'd been a full-time photographer myself, I know how infrared works. But, you know, what was it that made him see it originally? And wasn't this, didn't something like this first come out at least a year ago, as far as I remember, something very similar? And uh, there's just too much... To me, it's just, it's just, you know, I just can't take it. It's just, it's a hoax as far as I'm concerned. Like many of the hoaxes that, you know, people on the internet and other places put forward. Yeah, there was another video that uh, came out around this time last year. Uh-huh. And again, it was taken in Iraq uh, uh, using a, a a drone. But this one was like a, a sphere-shaped, uh, a ball-shaped, silver ball-shaped. Yeah. Now, Recently, I guess the Pentagon has said, oh, well, it's a balloon. Yeah, I actually heard that it was a balloon which was released, uh, forgive my pronunciation, but was it for the the Festival of Eid or Eid, whatever they call it? You know, it was a balloon that has been somehow uh, caught and put onto this uh, footage. Yeah, now that's that's the first that I've heard that uh, it, uh, the actual source of it, but... That's part of the it, – it, it's really the problem when it comes now to UFOs and their different shapes, especially in, in more recent times, is that you have things like that, like, you know, helium balloons, drones with unusual light features on them. I mean, there's so much more now muddy in the waters that it's uh, it's getting really hard – to tell what's real and what's not, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you may remember, I think it was about a year or 18 months ago, we had some footage of another alleged UFO uh, flying around, but it, it was exactly the same shape as a Batman balloon, which was uh, could have been bought off Amazon. Oh, I remember that one. That one was actually the uh, there was a photograph taken from I think it was like a fighter jet, yeah, uh, up fairly high. That's and correct. it's amazing that you could get a mylar balloon up that high. Yep, absolutely. It was very, yeah. very, very strange. Uh, why, why was he chasing balloons? You know, and he's not shooting down <laughs> Chinese balloons instead. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Chinese balloons that were uh, using American internet yep. to send their messages back uh, yep. uh, to China. I, I it's the, the the things that are going on now uh, when it comes to just unusual aircraft, whether you know man made or not. Yeah. It just continues to amaze me and and i have to agree with you about the whole you know so-called uh, disclosure movement in the united yeah. states uh as we've discussed on the show before i don't think that anybody would ever be happy no matter what was revealed we've got more to come with chris evers gene steinberg tim swartz you're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. USA News Update. News reports say a prosecutor in Donald Trump's Georgia criminal case paid for the Fulton County District Attorney to accompany him on flights. Court documents showing that prosecutor Nathan Wade purchased multiple flights for him and DA Fawny Willis in the months before they hit Trump with election interference charges. Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump has some clout behind him with another endorsement. Former GOP presidential candidate and Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina. A grand jury now has to decide whether any law enforcement officers should be criminally charged for the failed response to the Robb Elementary shooting. This development coming a day after a report by the Department of Justice saying that the Uvalde shooting was an unimaginable horror and a series of cascading failures. Corey Myers, USA News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. 
The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Our guest, Chris Evers, his book, which we'll be talking about more, is The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere. I should put that in caps or something, but the rest of the titles in caps. Anyway, Chris was about to answer some comments from Tim Swartz. Chris, go ahead, please. Yeah, we won't be happy. There'll be those who who think, you know, that everything that, that is, is seen that is unusual in the sky is proof of alien life. You know, I mean, I would love everything to be absolute 100% proof that we are being visited, but we know... You know, that there are many, many things that can be misidentified. I mean, in the book, I mentioned lenticular clouds, for example, which can quite often be misidentified as UFOs or flying saucers, if we want to call them that. You know, I think I've even put a picture in there of an egg-shaped lenticular cloud, which is of uh, the capital of Iceland, which is called Reykjavik, and um, th- that was captured, and it's, it's a clear beautiful photograph so the all these can be mixed up but i still think underneath all this we are being visited by some kind of intelligent life force and i'll call it a force because i don't want to say it's a great alien or it's a nordic alien or anything like that because you know these are all just theories nothing is conclusively proven but yes in my opinion, we are being visited. I will have to say, and I'll diverge just just a little bit. Previously, you had talked about the uh, the old Jerry Anderson show, UFO. It played here in the United States around the same time as well, uh, under syndication, which meant that uh, local stations could uh, buy it up and then uh, show it. But I love that show. I'm like you. <laughs> that was a great I, show. You know, and I, think I used it, to... I used to love the cars that they had in it, you know, being, being in the early 1970s. These were supposed to be nuclear-powered vehicles, you know, which was quite astonishing when we know what nuclear power can do. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think at the time, that was probably the first show that dealt with the subject of UFOs in a, I mean, it was a science fiction show, definitely, but I mean, you know, they they used a lot of the familiar tropes that we now know about the subject of yeah. UFO. I mean, I can't think of any other show that came before that. No, I, I think that was one of the first ones that dealt with the subject of UFOs exclusively. Yes, I think it was. I mean, before then, he did other shows such as um, Joe Nanty, Thunderbirds, uh, Stingray which was another good one. But he used to do Fireball XL5 as well, if I remember correctly. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then UFO actually then became Space 1999. Yes, it did. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, UFO only lasted one season. And then then it became Space 1999. With that was another good show, though. I used to is. quite enjoy that as well. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. 
I as well. And there, there, there should be more shows uh, uh, like that. But uh, I, I, I digress here. In your book, I see that uh, you uh, uh, were actually in uh, contact and and knew Graham Birdsell of uh, yeah. the uh, UFO Magazine UK. Yeah, yeah. Graham Birdsell was a, a major loss to the subject over here in the United Kingdom. You know, when he passed away. And I think it was 2002, 2003. And um, yes, it was 2003. You know, it was a, a, a big, big loss that Graham would have done anything to get the, the, the news and the information out to the general public. You know, I remember one particular occasion. Uh, we lived about 70 miles away from where Graham was based at the time. And he drove over to Hull. Um, one Monday evening in the February of, uh, I think it was 96 or 97, and he came across with uh, Russ Callahan, who was, of course, was his, was his son-in-law at the time, and uh, they put on a, a, a one-night event for us here in Kingston-upon-Hull, and we had 310 interested people sat in a theatre, you know, on a Monday night, throwing it down with rain outside in February, all completely enthralled with how Graham and Russ presented the information they did. A big, big loss to Graham, and he was a good friend. Now, Graham liked to publish a lot of stories dealing with the idea that, especially... Uh, at the time that uh, that that he was publishing, uh, uh, the UK was undergoing a uh, triangle-shaped UFO flap, mm-hmm. and he wrote quite a bit, or you know, uh, his authors as well, about the possibility that the some of these, at least some of these craft, were man-made constructions. Stop, you know, black budget, top secret aircraft. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly, some of these uh, devices, which are seen, which are witnessed, secret uh, devices made from, you know, maybe Lockheed in America. I know that British Aerospace do some similar items, you know, and um, no doubt some of these were indeed those. But when you look at some of the sizes of some of these craft, these flying triangles, FTs, which were seen at the time, surely uh, they cannot be man-made. What kind of propulsion would they have which could make one of these devices simply hover in space, in place, in, in, in space, you know, and not be blown about by the wind? At that time, back in the 1990s, unless technology was available that could do that which i don't think there was at that time you know what were they what were they powered by so granted somewhere man-made such as some as you know the early versions of maybe of drones which were being made at the time but some of these bigger ones which you're seeing other places like belgium which eventually came over into the united kingdom and were seen also in america you know what were they what were they powered by you know what is the answer to these all right you said craft that you've seen do you want to elaborate on that a little bit Sorry, could you repeat that? You, you broke up. You you had uh, uh, mentioned craft that you have seen, triangular craft. Uh, I, I guess you're referring to, you know, like maybe uh, a man-made. Do you want yeah. to elaborate on what you saw? Um, I personally didn't actually see any flying triangles. I mean, my sightings were 
were actually uh, like the, the spot of light which came across the sky, which I described a few moments ago. Then oh, okay. I had a, an orb-like sighting personally, which was in the mid-1990s. So, you know, but it is known that these devices were flying all around, you know, the Netherlands and uh, Belgium and northern France at the time. And also some of them did come across into the United Kingdom, which we can see if we check on various reports. I mean, I mean, Wikipedia, for example, I mean, take that as it is, you know, what it is, what it is. And uh, have a look at some of the UFO cases that are reported on there that, you know, UFO sightings, which are mentioned on there, because these flying triangles are mentioned on there as well. All right. Well, talking about the flying triangles and and everything else, let's uh, let's go into your book, "The Shape of Things to Come," uh, from okay. uh, from elsewhere. Now, what what were the factors that led you into writing this book in the first place? Well, from round about. The year 2002, uh, 2003, actually, just after Graham passed on, uh, I stepped back from the subject, uh, you know, because of uh, family and so on and so forth. Then in 2014, I decided I wanted to get back interested in the subject again, and I knew that I had to do well, a bit of swatting up, as we would say over here, you know, to uh, reintroduce myself back to the subject, find out what had been going on. Then in 2017, I thought, well, I need to read more, get more knowledge in my head about various sightings that have gone on. So in reality, the book it came out of the idea of, uh, you know, re-looking at cases myself. And as I went along, I just thought that the book itself doesn't matter if you've been in the subject since 1974, like myself, really, you know, or you've, you've just come into it in the last three months. There is something in, that you will get out of this book that will inform you. And, you know, if you're not informed, then the things are just going to pass you by. We're going to let this pass us by. No, we're not. Chris, Gene, Tim, you're in The Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. If you love mysteries, you'll love these two books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll learn about the strange beings that can look like us, but are not. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll see the hard evidence of UFOs that has been ignored or even hidden. These books will definitely blow your mind, and both are now available on Amazon.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. Also, check our help and resources page and try our online tax map. 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications in a variety of formats. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Now, you exited the UFO field, then you returned some years later. Did anything that happened surprise you, something that you didn't expect to have occurred? I was quite surprised at how uh, sightings had changed from what I would call the nuts and bolts type of sightings to uh, things like devices traveling through portals or orb-shaped vehicles coming along. That kind of that kind of surprised me. More of those seem to be talked about than I'd experienced previously. But in reality, nothing has really changed. You know, from the early days when I was interested, we're still 
to some extent, looking for an answer as to what these things are. Are they extraterrestrial? Why are there so many different shapes? You know, I mean, if we went out in 1900 and bought a car, it would be nothing like cars are today. So I'm just wondering why are there so many different shapes? And it was all this that came together, and that's why I wrote the book, basically. Well, of course, in the early part of the 20th century, if you bought a car... And compared to the price of the equivalent car in terms of where it sits in the marketplace today, compared to the money back in the early part of the 20th century, you'd buy a large house for that amount of money. Mm, absolutely. would. You? I think you'd buy several large houses, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let, let us continue here. Now, in choosing the shape of things to come, you're focusing on the different shapes of UFO sightings. Yeah. Okay. So forgetting the errors on the part of witnesses, not quite getting things accurate because they're seeing something that's only up there for a few seconds at more. Yeah. At most. Yeah. Okay. Were you able to categorize this in a way that 20% is well, this, 20% is that? I didn't actually put them into percentages. What I did is I examined some documentation uh, which I found on the internet from the National UFO Reporting Center, which is, of course, over there in the United States. And in their 47 years of existence, and this is up to November 2022, they'd actually had reported over 142,000 different cases. Now, granted, a percentage of those could be mistaken, not denying that in any way, shape or form. But when you look at, for example, rectangle shapes in that time period, 2,473. Fireballs, 9,728. Diamond-shaped uh, devices, craft, vehicles, whatever you want to call them, you know, 2,045. And do remember, this is only one organization based in the United States. You've got MUFON over there. In Britain, we've got, you know, things like the British UFO Research Association. Why aren't all these organizations sharing this information instead of having the opinion, it's my information, it's our information, and, we're, and selling it back to the public, basically? That is a big problem in the field, and it goes back to the early days in terms of sharing of information. I mean, I could yeah. follow the APRO versus NICAP, and there yeah. was a certain matter of rivalry there. It wasn't, well, we've got 10 different organizations, and we each collect our own information. Now, there's a central pool. There's still no central pool. Well, this is why it's a good idea by people like David Marler is setting up the National UFO uh, Records, Historical Records Center. You know, we need to find some kind of place some kind of library that will take this information in and store it for future generations you know i mean, just going back to triangles which we've talked about you know a few moments ago it triangle reports at the national ufo reporting center up to you know november 2022 in that 47 years of existence 12,709 so these things are being seen, not just in America, but they're being seen all over the world. This is a global phenomenon that we need to find an answer for. Unfortunately, when we have things like this AARO group within the Pentagon, their only interest is military sightings. 
if you're not in the military, well, go to your local police department or something. There's no way to collect it or your local favorite UFO club. Yeah, the, we, um, the, the problem is nowadays, though, with things like UFO clubs, you know, I know MUFON have regular meetings at various places around the United States, but in Britain, we don't have anything like that. The British UFO Research Association is only a pale shadow of what it once was. You know, they don't have any regular meetings. They don't have any, uh, any way to contact them. These, you can't find them. You know, I mean, I ran a conference here in Kingston upon in 2017 where I was looking back at a case I'd personally investigated back in 1994 and um, I asked the, the, the leader of the British UFO Research Association for some information regarding this case, this incident because Bufora was one of the first that had actually got there and investigated the case, you know, and now in 2024 i'm still waiting for a reply why are they not sharing information definitely it's immediately a problem there's ego involved there though i think they can feel that if they say we have exclusive content you'll sign up and join this organization yeah yeah that's it's um it's a shame that egos have come into it, to be honest with you. We're all supposed to be working in the same field, looking for the same answers, you know, and it, nine times out of ten, it, it, people decide it's our organization. You know, you, you can only join our organization if you pay the subscription fee or so on and so forth. Now, in the mid-1960s, I had a run-in with APRO, Area Phenomena Research Organization, considered one of the premier organizations in terms of investigations back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, less so in the 80s. Yeah. And I had a small UFO magazine. I was maybe 19 or 20 years old. And I reprinted some material that they had written for Fate magazine, just summarizing it, which is, of course, mm-hmm. fair use. And they went and tried to send me a bill for $100. Well, you ran this thing and you sent us $100. And I said, no. And that ended that for 10 years. Yeah. 10 years later, I meet Coral Lorenzen, who was one of the founders and managers at APRO. And I introduced myself 10 years later. And she's still talking about it. Ah, oh, dear. I know you mentioned earlier on that, you know, my magazine, uh, which comes out six times a year, um, you know, it's a subscription-based magazine, which helps to fund my conferences that I put on. You know, it's called The Outer Limits magazine. Now, I had people, when I first started doing this, saying to me, but you can't use that name, it's a TV program, etc., etc. Well, I'm sorry, but copyright law states you cannot, you know, copyright a title. So it doesn't matter if it, it, the program was called, you know, Uncle Fred Goes to Mars or something like that. If I wanted to call my magazine that, I could do them. They couldn't stop me from doing it. There are yeah. also trade, there, Chris, there are also trademark yes. re- regulations. So that could be part of it right there. But if you're using it for a different purpose, and the Outer Limits TV show is sci-fi, you're using it yeah. for a magazine... That covers factual information about the paranormal. Exactly. And I don't don't know how they could complain about it, but if they did, you just say, well, we'll get publicity, let them sue us. Yeah. 
Exactly. But the title has now actually changed. It, it's not The Outer Limits magazine. It's simply OLM, which is completely different altogether. I'll go with Outer Limits magazine. I'd say, come at it, Buster. <laughs> I could use the publicity. Maybe this will give me another 100,000 paid subscribers or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's hope. I Indeed. doubt if any of the... Uh, I doubt if any of the uh, uh, original producers and uh, uh, showrunners are even still around for the Outer Women's uh, television show. Well, exactly. I mean, we're going back, what, to the very early 1960s? Also, the copyrights with regard to intellectual properties. Now, this past year, Mickey Mouse became public domain. Oh, yes, yes. Certainly did. In the 2030s, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman will enter the public domain, which in theory means anybody could produce a Superman movie in 2035, if we're still around, and not have to deal with DC Comics. Now, that doesn't mean all the things that Superman does can be included, because originally Superman could leap tall buildings with a single bound, but he could not fly. That was added later. Kryptonite was added later. Lex Luthor... The villain was added later, so maybe they still have the copyright on that. I don't know why we're talking about this. Chris, <laughs> Gene, and Tim, you're in. The Pettycast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. I had no idea it would destroy my life, but before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Let's jump back to that book because you have a lot of interesting chapters here and we can cover some of it. And of course, readers can get a copy from Amazon or from the Flying Disc Press website, The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere by Chris Evers. In part one, you focus on modern and historical shaped sightings, chapter one being cross-shaped UFOs. Do tell. Yeah. Well, this is, um, I mean, one of the first cases of a, a cross-shaped UFO was allegedly that of Emperor Constantine at the Battle of the Malvine Bridge, I think they called it, which where he was trying to unite Rome, the ancient citizens of Rome, un- under his banner, basically, where it is alleged, or he said, that he had a dream one evening, and, you know, he had a dream at which something in this dream said to him, you know, you battle under this flag at Al make sure that you win, basically. So we battled away under the flag of the cross, and apparently he saw a cross flying by in the sky. We come to 1967, and here in Britain, there was a period of three days in the October of 1967, I think the 25th, 26th, and 27th, where various cross-shaped sightings were seen by what they call trained observers. Now, one of these trained observers was an ex-RAF gentleman by the name of Brooks, and he was a, a photographic intelligence expert we used during the Second World War, who kind of like t- took his couple of dogs for a walk on the Moyne Downs, in, uh, which I believe are, are in um, Dorset area of United Kingdom. It was quite a breezy day. This breeze had picked up while he was out walking, and about 11.25am, he happened to lay down in a delve in the ground, you know, in the field that he was in, to get out of this um, this extremely cold and biting breeze where he noticed a contrail up in the sky, which after a few minutes, it, it kind of dissolved and disappeared. But in its place, this large cross-shaped device was flying down towards him. Witness this for all in all about 22 minutes and during that time it actually flew against the wind which was was blowing you know so it was something that was obviously under control to cut a long story short he, he reported this the mod the ministry of defense uh, sent two or three people out to talk with him they investigated his sighting and they reported uh, you know and, and you'll never believe this that he'd actually fallen to sleep in a force eight gale you know, on a cold day with his dogs running around him. One was a Dalmatian, the other was an Alsatian, a German Shepherd. The German Shepherd was nipping and biting at him. But during this time period, he'd fallen to sleep. He dreamed he'd seen these devices. You can imagine how he felt when he found this information out. Before that, the day before all this occurred, on the 25th, there were a couple of policemen driving around in cars in the Sussex area of the United Kingdom who also witnessed a cross-shaped device. Sightings were seen across the southern part of the United Kingdom from Sussex, on the on more or less just south of the London area, going right across to Wales and the Cardiff area. The day after Mr Brooks saw his sighting, there were a number of police officers chasing a device uh, flying around the roads and the fields of their area 
where um, they reach speeds on country lanes, you know, which, as you can imagine, are not pretty wide. They're not like a motorway or, or a freeway. You know, the pretty narrow road following this device round, flying about 40 feet above the ground, but they're flying around and, and they're chasing after it at up speeds of up to 80 miles an hour. Of course, when the MOD got their hands on that one, these policemen who'd been chasing this this device suddenly found out it was the planet Venus. I've never known the planet Venus to approach country roads and fly around at those kind of speeds. It's like the MOD has taken notes from what the uh, United States Air Force was saying <laughs> around the nope. same time, coming it's, up with the most outlandish explanations. It's quite interesting that you would say that because I've read a report quite recently. You've heard of the British uh, Flying Saucer Working Party and the, the British MOD uh, UFO desk and so on and so forth. It's understood that it was Winston Churchill, the great wartime leader from Great Britain, actually established the, the UFO desk back in the 1950s. Now, that comes from Churchill's own bodyguard who followed him around for years doing what he did. And it's the bodyguard actually said that Churchill and Eisenhower got together because they were scared of the public's reaction to these stories of, of UFOs, flying saucers, as they were known at the time, and how the public would react to them. We're in the same time period, more or less, 1950s, 1960s, where the British MOD, they claimed they were not interested in the flying saucer problem because it was of no defence significance. Now, surely if it had been defence significance of some kind, we'd have found out long before now. I always found that odd that they would say, well, UFOs, I mean, you know, there's no reason to bother with it because it's not a threat. And whether it's a threat or not, the idea that your airspace is being invaded by something that you can't identify or prevent from invading your airspace and they claim they're not interested yeah it's a, a crazy statement to make it shows how they viewed the british public to be quite honest or the american public because that is exactly the same kind of thing that the pentagon have said for years and years and years whereas in 2017 with the new york times article they actually admitted in so many words yes there is something behind ufos but also unbeknownst to themselves They've actually just admitted they've lied to the American public since 1947. We're talking about the uh, cross-shaped UFOs, and I've been trying to find this illustration, or I can't find it now. I remember a, a fairly famous case, and it may have come from Sweden. I'm just pulling this off the top of my head, but I remember illustrations of this cross-shaped UFOs that had spheres on either end. And then the spheres actually detached themselves, flew around a bit, and then reattached themselves, and then the whole contraption flew away. No, that's quite a, a startling. Wish I'd had that to put in the book. Oh, I know. I, I, <laughs> I, I haven't heard of that one, so send oh, me the okay. details. It has to be something that I have in my file somewhere. <laughs> that's why it's you know <laughs> just on the tip of my brain here, trying to pull it out and just doing a cursory search, you know, through my computer. Uh, really quick to see if I can find uh, the illustrations. Of course, nothing comes up. And as soon as the show is over with, that's You'll when. Found it. Yeah, You'll that's right. I'll, <laughs> I'll find it again. <laughs> uh, but is is the cross shaped UFO 
still being seen. I mean, it, it, it seems to me any more of the reports that we're getting in are more like um, uh, spheres or little balls of light, almost kind of like uh, your original UFO sighting. Well, if we look again at the, at the New Fork information, you know, that they've actually had over that 47-year period 471 different sightings of cross-shaped devices. You know, so they are still receiving, you know, not in the not in the hundreds, not in the thousands, but they're still re- getting several, you know, cross-shaped sightings a year reported to them. So they are, you know, I don't know why, but the subject seems to go around. You know, if we start at the top on a, of a circle and we, it, that circle rolls along the road like a car tyre, eventually the same thing, it's the road surface again. So this is... Excuse me, this is kind of what some of these sightings are doing. You know, they go around and they come back, and they go around and they come back. Well, and you had said something earlier about how in uh, uh, the UK, the uh, the UFO field has dwindled down to just barely uh, before you. Uh, I mean, are people still interested in the subject or, you know, with everything else going on, who has time? Well, we have to blame the internet for all of this. You know, people are still interested in the subject. Otherwise, you know, I, for one, wouldn't be putting on a yearly conference, which which I do. And, uh, you know, I'm sure MUFON wouldn't do them in the, in the US and other organizations worldwide wouldn't do them. What we have to do is blame the internet because it's so easy to go to, you know, plug the computer into the wall, turn it on and read information on your computer. We will read more information in a moment with Tim, Gene, and Chris. You're in the Pedicast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just dollar fifty a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast dot plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. 
Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Wouldn't you like the old days where we didn't have the computer, we actually had to work for ourselves? (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. If people had to, you know, get up off the the comfortable sitting room chair, you know, and go out in the cold and the wet and the rain and, and actually talk to people face to face, you know, we'd get more information, I think, that way. instead of Because that this is the problem where, which we have with the Internet in that so many of the information that is put on there, as I've mentioned earlier, is oaxes. I mean, I'm not saying this particular one group I'm going to mention said phase of the moon whatever they call it are actually hoaxes but there are groups out there similar to them that have put information out that are um it's very tacky you can soon spot fakes if you have a good computer you have a good laptop set up being a photographer i have a good i have good software which i can use you know and you you can see if they've tried to input something over a piece of footage where the edge of that image doesn't exactly meet you know with, with the footage they've imposed it on so there are ways of finding this information out yeah there really is nothing like being able to talk face to face with a witness but it's getting harder to get witnesses to 
talk to you face to face. You know, they'll maybe talk to you on the phone or definitely by email or text. And it's always been the case. So many yeah. witnesses are reluctant to talk. Yeah, I think the ridicule factor, which I believe was propagated by certain newspapers and, and certain individuals and even officials, you know, in, in various governments. I think the ridicule factor has played a lot in that, you know. But when we look at a case, for example, like the Pascagoula incident, you know, Calvin Parker, Charles Dixon, who experienced uh, the UFO abduction in October 1973. You know, I know you've spoken to Philip Mantle. I know for a fact that what was once perhaps a forgotten case is now the most investigated, most looked at case of its type currently out there and this is because people like philip mantle and dr Irina scott have gone out there and they've put themselves out there and they've got information in thank god for people who can do that and do do that and it really does help the subject well and look how much time has passed though from the original incident at pascula till now when so much of this Great information has finally managed to come out thanks to, you know, uh, Phillips and uh, Irina Scott's uh, legwork. But has there been any case that either you have investigated or, you know, you're just a fan of that you would love to see and would really hope that there would be more information that will eventually come out about it? There is one case which I actually, I really do love reading about it. And it's a, it's a famous case from 1954. And it was in Italy where the football team, Florentine, Florentine, actually played a football game. And by that, I mean soccer. Uh, they played a soccer game in their own stadium. It was a night game. And they had 10,000, think about that, 10,000 spectators inside the stadium watching this football game when all of a sudden some kind of some people described it as cigar shaped other people have described it as egg shaped this thing came flying across the ground where they're playing this football game it's so large was it that people noticed it and this was in the second half of the game uh, people noticed it flying over and they noticed this what we now call angel air coming down from this device this was seen and it was so spectacular the game actually stopped and it was mentioned in the referee's report now if it's something hadn't been significant it the game would have carried on it wouldn't have been in the referee's report etc but this sighting had 10,000 witnesses and this this sighting was so spectacular it even influenced a young lad who lived in Bromley in London during the 1960s a few years after the event now this case actually influenced uh, a young man called Davy Jones not of the monkeys fame this was a completely different Davy Jones who later became Ziggy Stardust a lad insane yeah, it influenced David Bowie because he, he called his band the Spiders from Mars, which is what the Angel Air was described as in Italy and in, in the press in 1954. So again, that shows that even Bowie had an interest in the subject. And that case to me is fascinating. That is a good case, and especially the angel hair, because, I mean, it was it was found in other local areas uh, around that uh, stadium in the, in, yep. in, in, the, in the city, but I don't know if 
anybody ever considered doing uh, analysis of it. Oh, they did. Yes, they went to they? Um, okay. They went to the university. It was suggested it, it was spiders which were flying on the wind. Remember, this is nighttime. Uh, the spiders were flying on the wind and propelling the webs out. But the 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 angel air, for want of a better word, which landed on the ground, didn't contain what should have been in the spider's webs. It had something different, so many different properties to what would be found in a normal uh, spider's spun web. So it, that again leads a little bit of a little bit more mystery to the to the case. Well, and that trope <laughs> is still prevalent today. That angel hair is nothing more than spider webs. So if you if you look up the subject, say like on Wikipedia or some other location, you know, uh, sources. That's what it usually comes back to, just yeah. spider webs. <laughs> yeah, well, but but, uh, but a I lot, won't on a that. lot of spider webs. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, another chapter in your book is about square uh, or or cube shaped UFOs, and yeah. uh, I, I I I don't think that a lot of people kind of almost like uh, the the cross-shaped ufos would be you know familiar that ufos come in uh, cube shaped yeah well over, over the you know the 70 or so years we've, we've seen all different kinds of shapes you know since 1947 i mean even kenneth arnold described two different shapes of craft that he saw of a mount rainier you know we have the the, the crescent shaped one and we and we have the the other shape that was flying along with it because remember he said that he, he saw nine craft nine different devices flying in the air now a lot of people say that it was the Orton uh, german fighter plane from the second world war but i i have information which which shows that the the autumn was never considered and this was printed in 1946 january 1946 the Horton was never considered to be made once more flight worthy so it, it cannot have been the autumn they could not have put an aircraft together, got flight permission, etc. In from the January nineteen, sorry, January nineteen forty-six to you know what, July nineteen forty-seven. It would just be impossible to do it in that amount of time period, in my opinion. So you know there are lots of different shapes. Also in the book, these um, I, I show a couple of pictures of two flying cubes, or there could be triangles because the the picture you cannot really make out what full shape they are. Let us shape up our next segment with Christian and Tim, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com. 
Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp-made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. USA News Update. More snow in store for more than 100 million Americans this weekend. Forecasters say two back-to-back storms will spread at least three inches of snow across some 18 states from Wyoming to New York. President Biden still believes there can be a solution between Israel and Palestine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Friday that Biden made those comments to be told reporters Friday that Biden made those comments to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Those comments come after Netanyahu rejected the idea for a Palestinian state once the conflict in Gaza is over. Japan has now become the fifth country to successfully land on the moon. Their lander touched down on the moon yesterday. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay heating pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay heating pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay heating pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. So you were mentioning here that the shape of what you were talking yeah, the, about, the, it couldn't be made out 
directly what it was. No, it couldn't, because it, the angle that the picture was taken from didn't show you exactly, but you can clearly see there are no flying wing, there are no wings, there are no tailplanes or anything like that. This device was seen floating over the English Channel somewhere, well, the English Channel is 300-odd miles long. You know, its narrowest point is 21 miles between Dover and Calais, and as you go down to Normandy and that area and, and Cornwall, it gets even wider up to 310 miles, I think it is. But anyway, this device was seen flying around. First of all, what kind of propulsion units were, were they using that were uh, completely noiseless, holding it stationary again off of the sea? And, um, you know, that was seen, I believe that was either 2019 or 2022. I, I do get these dates mixed up, so please forgive me. And then we come to Conyers in Georgia, USA, where an exact similar device is seen flying over that town. You know, it was either, that one was either 2019 or 2022. I'm sorry, I've not got the book in front of me, so I cannot give exact dates there. But, you know, what are these things? What kind of propulsion system holds them up? And when we look at the photographs, especially the one over the English Channel, how large is this device? Because if you look at the picture in the book, you can see it was taken from quite a distance away. So if it was a drone, which some people have suggested... Well, drones have a, a crazy humming, buzzing noise while they're flying. Nothing could be heard, and there was no no protrusions sticking out, no flying, no, no propellers or anything like that to keep it up in space. It was just a square, or sorry, a long, oblong-shaped device, which could have been an FT, a flying triangle, seen from a different angle. But it was quite interesting that the Conyers one, after three years earlier or three years later, I can't remember the dates again, you know, was exactly the same. So what is it doing over the English Channel at one point, then going to Georgia in, in, in your neck of the woods in the next point, you know? It's interesting from your book, and as you said, there's <laughs> there's probably been every shape described of, of UFOs under the sun. Uh, would you say the traditional disc-shaped is the most common, and if not, what is? Well, it, it's funny you should ask that, because, you know, when we look at triangles, as I mentioned earlier, 12,709, when we look at um, unknown lights in the sky, 28,672, you know, when we look at, you know, other things, you, you know, we've got circle shapes, I suppose we could call those the traditional flying saucer UFO shape. 15,191, again, in the 47 years of New Fork's existence. The, you know, we, we've had everything, you name it, we've had it. And no doubt we've got several more shapes to come as well over the years as we go forward. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it, it seems like that, with the exception now of the, you know, the, the spheres or balls of light, that the triangular shape really has become uh, predominantly reported. And, you know, I wonder if, if people see other shapes that they don't think along the lines of, oh, that's a UFO, because they're expecting the, you know, disc-shaped UFO and anything different with the exception now with the triangle shape, they're just going to, 
ignore is not the right word, but just like, oh, well, I don't know what that is, but it's not a UFO. <laughs> well, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, even if they see an orb shape, a fireball, even, you know, an unusual star-shaped uh, uh, encounter with an unknown craft, you know, where they're going to report them to. Luckily, in America, we do have organizations over there which people can report them to. It's no good sending them to the British MOD because allegedly they closed their reporting desk down in 2009. They have no more interest, so they say, in the subject. You know, but then again, America said that, you know, the Pentagon said that until we found out about ATIP. You know, again, proving that they'd lied to us for all those years. You know, so that there is a lack of information points to go to. Yeah, some people may go to the local police service, you know, in America or, or over in the United Kingdom. But where else, do they, where do they send them reports then? Are they just put away in a drawer and forgot about? Oh, probably. I always, that, I always say that the current... You know, whoever in the military government, you know, who who are interested in UFOs have no idea what was being investigated or what information was gathered by in the past, uh, because like the various UFO groups, I think that uh, within the military and government, everything is so compartmentalized that this yep. information gets buried away someplace, and then the next generation coming in has no idea, uh, you know, what's what's hidden in some warehouse somewhere. <laughs> but that's quite interesting, though, because let's go back to the middle of last year, 2023. I think it was June, July time, we, we had NASA coming forward and they couldn't give answers because what what did they say we don't have enough information what hang on <laughs> you can go back to 1947 there are plenty of ufo groups in the in the united states where you can get this information from you know why couldn't they go back and i mean for example investigate roswell why couldn't they look at roswell you know, they could look at that. In Britain, we've got Rendlesham, the, the Rendlesham Forest incident. Why can't they look at that? You know, the, the, it's just an excuse because somebody somewhere wants to control the narrative. They want to keep it compartmentalised, as you've just said, and they want to keep the public away from it. What the reasoning behind that is, I have no idea. Well, bear in, yeah, well, mind, one more, bear in mind one more time is that the government doesn't want to know about civilian sightings, so they certainly don't want to know what's in the files of all these organizations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You've got a uh, you've got a section in your book here where you talk about uh, uh, police constable uh, Alan Godfrey. Uh, yeah, I I was fortunate enough to uh, be on a show where uh, we were able to interview him. Uh, about his case, and it's an amazing case, Absolutely. all on its own. Yeah, you, you know, you want to talk about that a little bit for our uh, audience who may not be familiar with this. Well, Alan Godfrey was a, a British police officer who actually this was in 1980, where um, he, he lived and worked in in the town of Todmorden, which is in West Yorkshire. It's, it's roughly about. 100, 120 miles away from where I'm sat right now. And uh, he had a report. He was working one evening. He had a report of cows 
which had been let out of a, a farmer's field and was said to be rumbling around um, a local council housing estate. And so off, off he went. He goes to try and find these these creatures who were rumbling around, you know, the streets of this council estate. And um, he couldn't find them. So he, he parked up and after a few moments he decided to go and have a look and see if he could find the, these, these cattle again. And he's driving down this road and he sees a UFO on just above the road surface and uh, spinning spinning round and flying there, you know, which um, there is some indication as well that when he, he saw this, that he, he has a period of missing time, which I think Jenny Randall's found out about when she investigated the case back, back in the 1980s. Anyway, um, that is basically his case, but th- there are some indications or some people have suggested that what he actually saw was a modular home be exactly the same shape as the UFO being uh, moved around um, the town of Todmorden because that is where they used to manufacture them back in the early 1980s, late 1970s. So some people have suggested it was that. Let me break it here and we'll continue. Mobile home indeed. More to come with Gene, Tim and Chris. You're in the Bergast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you still looking for that one iodine that you can really trust? A medical doctor-endorsed product that is backed by honest research and true integrative science. Then search no further. Go to Nutramedical.com for Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutriodine, proven time and time again to be the very best iodine available for you. Nutriodine is the only Tesla-activated monatomic plasma iodine in the world. It optimizes mitochondrial function and generation of new mitochondria from totally neutralized the venom from a desert recluse spider bite in Southern California to eliminating malaria parasites reported by medical missionaries in Central India. Dr. Bill's Nutriodine is simply the most powerful healing formula there is. Nutriodine clears the body of all known pathogens, restores it to an alkaline state, and even promotes stem cell regeneration. Order Dr. Bill's Nutriodine today at 888-212-8871 or visit us online at Nutramedical.com. 
I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or injured at work, you have rights and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com, or call us at 818-984-6100, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what. You're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So clarify this. They're seeing an object here that they think is just a mobile home being transported? Yeah, that's basically what some people are saying, you know. I mean, I know uh, Russell Callahan has, has suggested that over the years, you know, but I'm not saying it is or it, or it isn't. I'm just saying it's an unusual-shaped device if it is a UFO, and, uh, you know, in, in the practical sense of the term, it, and it, it deserves a place in the book as a diamond-shaped UFO. Well, and you would think, though, that coming from that area, he would have already been familiar Exactly. With with those, you know, modular, you know, shaped homes and uh, wouldn't yeah. be surprised if he saw one on a road at night being yeah. transported somewhere. <laughs> yeah, this was supposed to be seen very early, in the very early hours of the morning, round about, if I remember correctly, about 4 a.m., somewhere around about that time. You know, so uh, perhaps it was something that was parked up. But then again, you know, if it was something that was parked up, why under why under hypnosis does he, he describe this missing time period? And how come the boots that he wore on that particular evening for work, and he was driving what we call a panda car over here, which is the the colour of it because it was like a bluey colour and a white colour, like a panda is black and white, you know. Um, why would it? Why would his boots be scuffed all down the toes like he'd been dragged across the road surface? For some reason, you know, there are, there are a lot of questions that need answering about that. And I do know Alan, he's uh, quite a good friend, and uh, we, well, I was going to have him speak at one of my conferences a few years ago. 
Oh yeah, I mean when when we talked to him, uh, I mean he 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 comes across as very credible. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and just just uh, a, a nice guy and just a delight to talk with as well. Yeah. He's got nothing I mean, he had everything to lose. He's in a good job, you know, and look how the police treated him after the event that he, he described, you know. And um he eventually left the job because he, he people were taking the mickey out of him, you know, laughing behind his back and so on. He, you know, he had everything to lose. Why come forward with that story if it was all false? Well, unfortunately, we see that a lot with professional people, high-ranking military, police, you know, what have you, who who do have a a sighting and that are brave enough to report it and talk about it only to find that, you know, despite their previous good record and standings end up really just losing everything because they're just laughed, laughed out of the court. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's really a shame. Yeah. Yeah. The other interesting thing about this case is that it happened a few weeks before the Cash Landrum case in uh, uh, the in Texas in the United States. Absolutely, and that was again that was another diamond shaped UFO where they ended up with a uh, radiation bands that tried to sue the American government, and the American government basically won the case because it couldn't be proven that this kind of device was uh, was in America. And don't forget also, it happened um, a few, you know, um, I forgot his name. Mm. Alan Godfrey. It happened, oh, okay. it happened yeah. a few weeks um after Alan Godfrey's case, that the Rendlesham incident occurred as well in December 1980. You know, so, you, you know, there was a lot of strange occurrences around that time period, which today are still unexplained. I have a overreaching question here with regard to Rendlesham and Cash Landrum because they're similar in the respect that people were injured as a result. And, of course... We've had John Burroughs on the show about how he had to hire a lawyer to go well, to the VA. Well, I will VA say that I'm, say, not, I'm not an expert on the Rendlesham incident, so you know, okay. I'll, I'll answer your question if I can. No, understood. Okay, suggestion that Rendlesham and possibly Cash Landrum represented failed efforts to test a new kind of aircraft by the yeah. U.S. authorities in the yeah. U.K. and in America – and the injuries resulted from the kind of propulsion they were using. That's an interesting concept. But then again, I would say if this, these kind of injuries could happen, you know, I know America has got greater, wider spaces than we have in the United Kingdom. You know, it, it's it, in the United Kingdom, you can probably... Well, let's be honest, you know, I, I live about 140 miles away from London, 150 miles away from London, or somewhere around about there. Britain as, as an island is, in my opinion, is overcrowded. And if they're going to test secret technology over these places, but why do it in places where it can be discovered? Why do it in places where once it's discovered, your potential enemy can find out exactly what you're doing and what you're testing? Because it's been announced publicly. You know, I think what's happened at Rendlesham and the Cash Landrum case is something that remains mysterious. I think it is something that does not have a man-made explanation. 
What do you think about people who say, well, UFOs are really not physical, but something like a representation of our collective unconscious? I, I would say it's a good theory, but where's the proof? There's no proof, you know, that it's any of those. You know, again, there's no proof that it's extraterrestrial either. There are, these are all theories which are as valid as the next theory until some kind of, of proof ca- can be found or an explanation given from somewhere as to what exactly they are or what, we, or what they think they are. But then again, there are that many different shapes involved. You know, they're going to have to find that many different explanations. Well, and that's one of the things that the skeptics love to bring up about the UFO phenomena is that it can't possibly be real because hardly anybody ever reports consistent shapes that you know they, they there's just all kinds of, of of different shapes and sizes and that's you know if we were being visited by extraterrestrials they'd come here in just one shape i guess <laughs> well no when you think about it as i mentioned earlier you know when if i went out and bought a car in 1905 It'd probably be something like, you know, if I was in America, Model T Ford, or if I was in Britain, maybe one of the early British cars. You know, it could even be steam-powered. It could even be petrol-powered. You know, all these devices are not exactly alike. It's, I think it's exactly the same with, with these craft that we've, we've seen and the devices that we've seen over the years. They don't all come, in my opinion, from the same manufacturing plant in Zeta Reticuli, you know, there must be, when you look at the size of the universe and you know, how much, well, let's go back to the 1990s, there were no planets around other stars, but now we know of at least, what is it, three and a half thousand planets around other stars, you know, I'm not saying they've got life on them, but if planets can exist elsewhere, surely, you know, these planets could have life on, they would not all fo- follow the same design pattern. They would, they would have their own ideas and their own, you know, their own ways of doing things. For example, if I if I was um, a coach driver, a bus driver, you know, uh, in the Britain we have caught what we call double deckers, where you can get you know sit upstairs or downstairs on them, you know, uh, and some countries don't even have them. You know, they look at it as strange as if to say, what is that? You know, and some countries. You know, you can the, the single deckers, the long buses, like the American school buses. You know, where kids can sit on them. Where you know they've got so many different designs for things. We've got so many different designs for things. They can't all be exactly the same. They, you know, there must be different designs for different jobs that that they're doing with these craft. You know, when they're coming to visit our planet. Well, besides the shapes, there are characteristics with ufos that seem to be almost universal wouldn't you wouldn't you say yeah i would yeah because you know the, the, a lot of them as we've already discussed around a lot of them one of the things that is is universal is how quickly they appear and how quickly they disappear that is that is to me is one of the things that that really does stand out what is it that they use to make themselves disappear so fast you know some people have described seeing craft of over the ocean you know of of a of a boats at the ocean which which take off in an instant in the blink of an eye they're gone you know we've seen that in reports of a land 
So, you know, that to me is one of the constants of the subject is that a lot of people, you know, the gobsmacked, as we put it over here, you know, the, the, the baffled by um, what they've just seen. So much so that a lot of them don't even think to take the cameras out and use the phones, or, you know, the camera on the phone to take an image of what they've just seen. Because things seem to appear so and disappear so quickly and it just leaves us startled. Hey, we're going to be startled about these announcements. Amazed. Gene, Tim, Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you love reading about the mysteries of the universe? Do you wonder what secrets are hidden in the shadows of our own planet? If so, you won't want to miss these two amazing books by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. In Mimics, The Others Among Us, you'll explore the world of the mimics of man, beings that can look like us but are not. They've been among us since the beginning of history, hiding in plain sight, influencing our culture in ways we can scarcely imagine. In Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters, you'll discover the so-called hard evidence of UFOs that's been available for study this entire time, but for the most part has been ignored. These two books will open your eyes to a hidden reality that has been right in front of our eyes all along. That's Mimics, The Others Among Us, and Alien Artifacts, Incredible Evidence of Exotic Material from UFO Encounters by Tim R. Swartz and Sean Castile. Available now on Amazon.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Now, Chris, the other day I was reading the first issue of Fate magazine from spring of 1948. The current publisher has reprinted it. So it's something you can afford. Oh, talk about old. I I was actually alive then, but I was so young I couldn't read. You know, I I was running around in diapers and everything. But so at the time, it was a messy read. But seriously, I did read the other day because there was an article from Kenneth Arnold describing his 1947 sighting. Yeah. And he said, you know, I wish I had my camera with me. Here's a trained pilot, skilled pilot, knows what he's doing when he flies, 
sees something strange, and he's looking, by the way, for a possible lost aircraft. That's how this whole thing started. Yes. Yeah. Sees these nine weirdly shaped objects. They weren't flying saucers, as we know. And uh-huh. he worried that he didn't have his camera with him. He didn't have it. And even if he did, you're suddenly startled about something totally unexplained. How many people will say, ah, there it is. Let me take my iPhone camera or anything. Or back then, let me get my brownie snapshot camera. You know, they wouldn't think about that. That's right. And then once you've got to remember, it's not just a case of taking your camera out. If you use an old, you know, analog, should we call it, type camera with film in it, or use a digital camera, you've still got to make sure all the settings are set correctly at the right speed, the right f-stop, to, to capture clearly what you want to take a picture of. So, you, you know, even if you've got your camera with you, you can't always guarantee that you're going to get proof, 100% proof, let's say 100% for the sake of an argument, that, it, you know, um, that you're going to capture something that you can show other people anyway. I want to go back to your book. and the early pages, you're talking about some of the early books that you read. And one of them, of course, you read Major Keogh's books, but another book that you read was Flying Saucers Have Landed by Desmond Leslie yeah. and, of course, George Adamski. Yeah. Now, Leslie, apparently, according to what you say, he wrote his book, and then they decided to merge Adamski's material with it. So maybe yeah. that went on to sell many more books. But yeah. obviously, anything Adamski produced then, you can't count in terms of looking at UFO sightings because he's seeing there with a Chrysler hubcap or a, a lamp, a surgical lamp, and assembling some ridiculous little thing and making pictures of it. Other people yeah. did the same thing. Where do you put a guy like Adamski in the picture of UFO research? I think Adamski was important for one thing and one thing only, and that is he decided to speak up about the subject. And I think that's about all we can say for him. I've heard uh, people discuss before about Adamski, and they've actually said that... um, you know, it, it was a chicken uh, feeding point, you know, uh, that one of his craft or, you know, I do know that he'd done these photographs. Leslie became aware of them. He basically made him a, a, a co-author of the first publication that Desmond Leslie had written. Uh, and he did that, as, as you've rightly said, just to get more sales for the book. And let's remember, back in the early 1950s when this was, was read, you know, UFO reports were coming, uh, flying saucer reports were coming out left, right and center from America you know, we had we have things like the BOAC of uh, Newfoundland uh, seeing strange lights in the sky. We had, of course, the Roswell incident, although it wasn't as known as uh, as much back then. You know, we have other photographs which were taken at the time. One or two of them, I can't remember the names particularly off the top of my head. One or two of them were, were, are still unproven to be fakes today, and um, you know, it, it, it just dragged. Adamski in to actually uh, help the sales of his own publication, which he'd actually written about 95% of it himself. Now, Adamski obviously got a lot of followers. He appeared on lots of programs. He was exposed early on. As a matter of fact, we have a link to a magazine called Saucer News from 1957. They did a special Adamski expose issue. Now, the publisher and editor, Jim Mosley, was also known to perpetrate hoaxes in the field with his old friend, Gray Barker. 
But this issue was perfectly serious, perfectly sane, well-researched, and on the cover is an effort to recreate Adamski's photos. Uh-huh. And the other day I read a book, this was actually not the other day, it was some months back, we had a guest on the show, where it was mentioned in referring to Adamski that nobody was able to duplicate his photos, which, of course, is ridiculous. Yeah. But the thing about it is, in those days we had more elaborate contactee claims than we do now. Yeah. If we do now, they don't get quite the level of publicity. There are people there. But today, there are still people, and I had one offer to put their guest on the show a few years back, still people believe Adamski. Never heard of all this other stuff, how easily he was exposed. And that's the thing about, it's like the Internet, but this is not the Internet. It's like the Internet where you say, well, anything you put on the Internet, no matter what you do to remove it, doesn't work it will always be available somewhere yeah but now we're talking about a book from the 1950s a guy who died in the 1960s and people to this very day still believe what he wrote well uh my answer to that would be you can take a horse to water but you can't make it drink you know to put it bluntly you know if people choose not to believe that adamski was a hoaxer then that's entirely up to them it's just unfortunate that it has gone that way. He was one of the first, what you know, contactees. You know, I'm a little bit funny about it, these contactees, to be honest, because the only message they seem to want to get across is, well, they did back in the 1950s, is that we had to get rid of nuclear power. Well, if that was the case, well, you know, why didn't the, the aliens inform us of what to use and how to go about setting up different forms of, of energy and nuclear power and give us different forms of propulsion and so on and so forth? You know, it's just people, in my opinion, jumping on the bandwagon for their 15 minutes of fame, as uh, Andy Warhol once said, I think. Well, the other argument is, of course, if E.T. was so concerned about wars, about using nuclear weapons... They wouldn't contact totally unknown people and say, we want you to go out and evangelize our point of view. Exactly. Because it would mean nothing, even if these people got followers, as Adamski did, got national publicity, as Adamski did. It wouldn't influence governments to do anything. It wouldn't influence anyone. No, they'd have to land on the White House lawn. (laughs) You know, why wouldn't they land on the White House lawn or, you know, why wouldn't they land in front of the Houses of of, of Parliament here in Westminster? You know, they wouldn't. They wouldn't go to the the monkey. They'd go to the organ grinder, to put it politely. Well, you know, a lot of these early contacts were influenced by the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. So the person that Adamski allegedly met in the California desert was like Klaatu, played by actor Michael Rennie, with brown hair, with yeah. long blonde hair, wearing the yeah. same silvery uniform. He met Klaatu with long hair, yeah. with dyed long hair. But the thing they keep forgetting about the movie is that, yes, he came here, Klaatu, to tell us, stop our weapons of war, stop our nuclear weapons. But he also yeah. said, if you don't do it, he said, if you don't listen to us and make the appropriate changes in your way of life, we're going to take you out. They don't mention that. If E.T. came here and wanted us to do something, they wanted to interfere with us to do something, where's the stick? How do they persuade us to really do something? Rather than say, ah, go suck an egg. 
Yeah, it's, um, yeah, this is one of my arguments against, you know, these people who claim some kind of uh, good news from the visitors. You know, why, why are they talking to you? Why didn't we go and see, you know, uh, President Biden, you know, President Obama, President Trump or, you know, Rishi Sunak, the British Prime Minister, you know, or, or Johnson, the former British Prime Minister, you know. Why not go straight to the United Nations and, and get everybody in one room and say, look, you know, this is this is what we can do. If you don't do X, Y, Z, we're going to we're going to call it an end. Hey, before we have the ending, we have this next segment to come with Tim Swartz, Chris Evers, Gene Steinberg. You're in Ooh, the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. In one month, my blood pressure dropped significantly. I no longer get chest pain after exercise. It's amazing, and I ordered my second bottle. The reviews are spot on. My target is to get off BP meds, and if it keeps going like this, I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So far, a great product is what it claims to be great product a few days in and i could feel a difference for certain not checking medical stats yet i know this is really working by how i feel we'll continue to take this product to order call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com that's x-t-e-n-d-o-v-i-t-e dot com extend your life with Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, 
are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. I agree with you that if E.T. wanted to really come here and send a message, they would. And they'd be able to do it in a way that would not be ignored. Although, think of it this way. In the U.S., our politics are totally nuts. I mean, there are ways that U.K. politics are crazy. But here, if President Biden tomorrow said, we have evidence that these UFOs or UAPs are visitors from other planets, and we don't see evidence they're harmful or anything. If he said that, some people would take it seriously. Some people would say he's wackadoodle. That's a technical term. Some people would say, this guy is not president. Who cares what he says? We live in a crazy world out there. We certainly do, and it's getting crazier, which is uh, we can see by the way that we treat each other most of the time. You know, and I'm not just on about, you know, we're in relationships. I'm on about country to country. Uh, you know, it's time... And forgive me for putting it this way, I don't want to sound like a space brother, but it's time that there was some kind of great coming together where everybody worked for the benefit of each other, basically. Well, in movies like Independence Day, the people around the world come together to fight off E.T. But otherwise, of course, they're doing their own politics. It's exactly. the, the worldwide threat that brings them together to take action. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that E.T. should come down here and threaten to destroy us. Because, again, why would they even care? Why would a race from a galaxy far, far away, a planet 50 light years, 10 light years, whatever, a far distance away, why would they really care what we do with ourselves? If we destroy ourselves, so be it. Maybe they would be unhappy because they would like us to live in peace. But... Why should they really be concerned otherwise? Well, if they do travel 10 light years, 4 light years from Sirius, you know, or or they're coming from, you know, 100 million light years away, they've clearly got far advanced technology than we possess, you know. If they were going to 
that wanted to influence us and they wanted to, to point us in the right direction or they wanted to take off of the world. They could do it. We couldn't stop them. It's as simple as that. We don't have the ability to stop them if they wanted to do some kind of takeover or that they just want to kind of influence us. You know, if they wanted to influence us, as I've just said, you know, land on the White House lawn, go to the United Nations and speak to these people and show us who you are and what you can do. Well, of course, what they could do is we could take a Apple MacBook Pro portable computer, log into the aliens system, hack their system, and they'd blow up their spaceship. Well, <laughs> that, that's a good theory. <laughs> do we have the technology to do that? Well, that's the thing I worried about at Independence Day. You have Jeff Goldblum using yeah. then what would be a PowerBook computer. Yeah. Logging into the alien system to send a virus. And yeah. we're thinking here, the aliens came from another star system. They could be hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us. How would they succumb to something like that? Some really bargain basement kind of hacking system. The, the question there really is, how did Jeff Goldblum know what computer language to use? Well, of course, he knows every computer language. <laughs> I mean, there was silliness in the movie. I liked the movie. I think the performances were good. The script was clever. Yeah. But I really preferred the older movie that Devlin Emmerich did before Independence Day. That was Stargate. Now, that movie I really liked. It was an interesting slant on the ancient astronaut theory that they really did come here, but they came here not just in spaceships, but they used this ancient invention called the Stargate to open a wormhole between two places and go zap. Where did they get that idea from? Because that surely was talked about or written first by Alden Ellison in The City on the Edge of Forever in the original series of Star Trek. Yeah, time travel, certainly. Yeah, we. I'm working on a book chapter now, and I can't mention the book unless Tim does, where we talk about pop culture references to time travel. And you can't believe how far they go back, not just the book that was written by H.G. Wells, The Time Machine. I mean, before then. And it's amazing how that book has influenced time travel stories since then. Of course, we have the ultimate time traveler, Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I'm going to ask you the question, because we've discussed it on the show before. Do you think it's at all possible that visitors from our future are coming back here to pay us a visit. Well, that's, it's, once again, it's a good theory, but the, the amount of power that would be needed, it would, you know, it would only make it a one-way journey, in my opinion, because the vast amount of power to do that, to bend time, even to warp it, or, you know, or, or to, get us, to get them from point B to our point A, would be immense. And we clearly... You know, in theory, they can do it. But having the ability to do it is a different matter. Well, you have to look at something that's hundreds of years ahead of us. That's the theory, of course, about warp drive. Scientists have looked at Star Trek's warp drive or the hyperdrive or whatever it is. Slipstream was used in Andromeda, the sci-fi TV series. Whatever it is, being able to use a wormhole or going faster in the speed of light and going around something rather than straight to it, whatever it is, yeah. that they can possibly theorize how you would do it now with warp drive, 
but the power requirements would be immense. However, yep. a later story had it that they had reduced those considerably. So I think, you know, maybe 50, 100, or 1,000 years from now, somebody will say, oh, that's these primitives couldn't figure it out, but we can't. Well, you never know. It's uh, It would be interesting to do a roundabout uh, journey to, you know, go back to see, you know, when the dinosaurs were um, destroyed or, or, you know, or come or go forward to maybe see the end of the world. Who knows? These would be interesting things to do. But again, uh, right now for us, they're, they're only theories, basically. Well, any theory is as good as another, I guess, in some cases, although we do know there are other planets with possible life supporting conditions in terms of what we understand life to be. So yep. that takes us somewhere. I wanted to go back to one thing early in the UFO legend. Of course, we have the crazy contactees like Adamski. But you mentioned briefly Roswell. Roswell is the preeminent UFO crash case. There have been others, but they don't get quite the prestige of that one. Do you think yeah. there's anything real to it? Well, the, the problem with Roswell is it, it was allowed to develop into what it has become by the fact that the American government uh, kind of clamped up on, on it. You know, some people say it was the testing of secret technology. Other people believe it was an alien device which crashed after a, a thunderstorm in, in the desert there. You know, with me, again... I haven't specifically gone out to investigate Roswell. I think there's a more valuable people around, especially in America, you know, that are more knowledgeable, such as Kevin Randall, for example. We've got a lot more with Gene, Chris, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Advertising is simple. It starts with someone who has a need. Mom! And then gets more specific. Mom, I want pizza. Then we add urgency. I want pizza tonight. Before you know it, your GCN advertising message is reaching millions of listeners. Listeners who are definitely in need. We you see, advertising on GCN is simple. Your message meets their need, and the result means new business for you. Tell us about your business. Then let our super creative department go to work to craft just the right message to feed those who have an urgent need. We want pizza tonight! GCN has the most affordable national radio advertising rates, period. And millions of people listen to GCN radio programs on over 1,000 AM and FM and XM stations and streaming audio live. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just shoot us an email, advertise at GCNlive.com. USA News Update. More snow in store for more than 100 million Americans this weekend. Forecasters say two back-to-back storms will spread at least three inches of snow across some 18 states from Wyoming to New York. 
President Biden still believes there can be a solution between Israel and Palestine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters Friday that Biden made those comments to be told reporters Friday that Biden made those comments to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Those comments come after Netanyahu rejected the idea for a Palestinian state once the conflict in Gaza is over. Japan has now become the fifth country to successfully land on the moon. Their lander touched down on the moon yesterday. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Have you heard the warning from the dead doctors don't lie guy? I'm talking about Dr. Joel Wallach. He says if you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol or high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, or other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. That's what he says. He has a free lecture revealing what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in his free lecture called Deadly Recipe. You want it free? Call him toll-free at 855-79-YOUNG. You ready? 855-79-YOUNG. Dr. Joel Wallach, the dead doctors don't lie guy, says there's no reason why we shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Well, certainly our old friend Kevin Randall has studied Roswell for thousands of years. So he has a good slant on it, but he also did a book some years back called Roswell in the 21st Century, where he went back to all the evidence he had and decided that some of it didn't hold up. But then we have this problem with this case where you had the story of this crash disc. The next day, oh, it was just a balloon. And you have the photograph with the balloon. And then 30 years later, we get the book from Berlitz and Moore with some help from Stanton Friedman that there was more to it. 30 years later, 30 years of cultural influences where the original story expanded into something way beyond what was intended. So I still have the question, as much as they have researched this over and over again, talking to these witnesses, how much of what they say can be believed? How much is due to cultural memories 
that completely obscured the whole thing. Well, don't forget at one point as well in the 1990s, it became crash test dummies. The problem is with Roswell is that the story has changed that much. And now the original witnesses are no longer around. You know, we can't go back and we can't investigate it. I'm afraid Roswell will be what it is until, you know, the end of time, in my opinion. Something did happen. Something did crash. Whether or not it was a balloon, which we can see in the in the famous Jesse Marcel photographs, you know, which which were taken a day or so later, or whether it was a craft from, you know, Zeta Reticuli, we'll never get the answer to because it's been so muddied over the years. You know, I would love, hundred percent love, if it was the real deal, but unfortunately, I cannot prove that, and that is about as far as I would go on the subject of Roswell. Do you think there have been any landings anywhere that deserve further investigation? Um, there's uh, the incident in Zimbabwe at the school. There was also an incident at another school in Australia. The I forget the name of it, but it was 1966 in Australia. Uh, there was an incident there. I think these kind of things, incidents where we've had more than one or two witnesses. For example, the, the, the football match in Italy, 10,000 witnesses. You know, these kind of things need looking at. I know of a report, a local report from, from my area, where there was a school in the village of Warne, W-A-W-N-E, which is roughly about five miles away from where I'm sat. And uh, a group of school children saw a silver-shaped round-shaped device flying across the sky. You know, one playtime in, in the afternoon while I was at school. And I think that was 77. So, you know, things like that where there's more than one witness, I think these kind of things need looking into a little bit more. The Zimbabwe case is fascinating, I think, for a number of reasons. But... It's one of my favorites because of the recent interviews with the now adults, children at the time, who stick with their story. You know, at, at this point, they really have no re. You know, if it was a hoax, if it was just a lark. Then all the kids just got together and say, "Let's fool everybody." But no, they're still saying, "Yeah, this actually happened." Isn't the one witness who was a, a young? It was a young uh, lad at the time who was come forward and, and basically. Please forgive me because I can't remember if it was Zimbabwe or Australia. It could have been Australia, but one of them's come forward and said that it was a hoax, and and he started the story off basically by claiming that it, it something had happened or he'd seen something. Yeah, I think that was a Zimbabwe case, and that's, right, that's right. just, you know, like uh, sometime late uh, last year that that, that's that correct, came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. But he's the only, he's the only one. You know? Yeah, and, I mean, the vast majority of you have rightly said have, have said that, no, that something did happen. Well, you we actually that, have a writer who wrote a piece some years back claiming the Socorro, New Mexico case was a hoax, despite the fact that many prestigious people went there to investigate this thing back in 1965 or so, including yeah. Dr. J. Allen Hynek. And Hynek was nobody's fool. Oh, certainly not, no. He, um, he, he went along and did uh, he interviewed Calvin Parker and Charles Dixon at Pascagoula, you know, and he said something, they've experienced something, something has happened. It, it was a, a man who, who, well, it could pick a racehorse, let's put it that way, and I'm sure it would win. 
<laughs> what interested me about the Calvin Parker case, and we did have him on the show a couple of times. Unfortunately, he's not around. That's and right. One thing that interested me is the fact that after they had this report, this episode, he and Hickson went to the police and the police left them in a room with a tape recorder active and listened to what they were saying, thinking that, you know, they'd confess, oh, this was a silly bit they didn't believe in. And these two were frightened to death about what happened to them. And nothing they said on that tape differed from what they were telling the policemen. In other words, whatever happened, whatever happened to them, they believed it 100%. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if I remember, was it Sheriff Fred Diamond? He he actually believed them as well. You know, the... Didn't they went to was it Keysler Air Force Base who actually turned around and said sorry since Project Blue Book is closed we have no interest. But the funny thing was, it was Keysler Air Force Base where they went to 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 be checked for radiation. So you know, it's a crazy case. It really is. And the fact that other people had sightings around the time it adds evidence. Now, not so much when they come here. And they talk to people, and people talk about something that happened, you know, 40, 50 years ago, whatever it was, yeah. 1973. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking now about, what, 50 years? And yeah. by doing that, it doesn't really help that much to assess the credibility of those people. Unless, of course, they kept contemporaneous records of it. Then you believe them. Yeah. Now with books out there and all the publicity this case has received over 50 years, you kind of think, you know what? Some of these people are just trying to get in on the act. Yeah, but there are ways to, to check that out. You know, you, you can approach family members and ask them for, um, uh, as a, a previous, I used to investigate, as I said, for Question International and Tony Dodd back in the 90s. You know, we, you, you could approach neighbours and talk to the neighbours. Oh, what, what's Mary Jo like down the road there? You know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, you could get a good good background report of people anyway, what they're like, what their attitudes are like, you know, and, and it would lead in some cases to people being dismissed undoubtedly, but it would also lead in in some cases to believing people and what, what they're actually telling you, you know, and, and I'm fairly certain some people may have jumped on the bandwagon again for the 15 minutes, you know, but I think in the Calvin Park, Charles Dixon event, there are that many other witnesses, for example, the pastor of the church who was driving over the over the road bridge, you know, when, when the incident occurred, and the witness to the UFO and the blue lights. We have a crane driver who was about what twelve, fifteen foot up in the air um, on on the riverside there, unloading boats on the Pascagoula River, who, who witnessed the same events. We have the Blairs who were on the opposite side of the bank to Calvin and Charlie, who also witnessed the events that were going on at the time. So all in all, there are, there are plenty of witnesses uh, to that singular event, but also in the area at the time, uh, you know, there is, there's also reports of a, a USO, at least one USO, a couple of days later, uh, out, out in, the, in the Gulf of Mexico, which was seen in the area. There are also reports of USOs travelling up and down the Pascagoula River, which I have that on good authority, you know, from Philip Mantle himself. Who, 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 I was actually speaking to him today all about the case. 
So there is a lot more evidence to the case than, than has previously been out there. And I don't doubt you are right, you know, that people will jump on the bandwagon. But even so, it doesn't bring any discredibility to the other witnesses that can prove that they were there and witnessed things at the time. We have Chris Evers, Tim Swartz, Gene Steinberg back for one more. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, the Paracast dot plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out the Paracast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. 
Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... They hear you. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, we've been covering lots of ground with Chris Evers on the Paracast with Gene and Tim, focusing on his background in the field, his personal experiences, the book, The Shape of Things to Come from Elsewhere. And we should let you know that Chris will be back for our premium show after the Paracast, available to Paracast Plus subscribers. Check out the Paracast.plus and to plug. Let's continue. Tim. Let's have some wrap-up questions. What do you have to say? One of the things that I'm uh, interested in in your book is the Tic Tac UFOs. Now, that is a shape that's a very recent description, but that actual shape has been around just as long as everything else, but it's just been referred to with other names. Yeah, absolutely. This Originally, uh, we would know them as cigar-shaped UFOs, wouldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Egg-shaped to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, it, things seem to go around on this wheel where things are seen, uh, you know, devices are seen, shapes are seen, and they kind of come back in popularity for some reason, which to me is unexplainable. But, yeah, the 1950s, most certainly, we had tons and tons and tons of different cigar-shaped UFOs reported. Even, I think, the BOAC Stratus liner that was, was seen, you saw something similar of a Newfoundland back in the early 1950s. So, yeah, they've been around years. And it also makes me think of the very early 1900s, some of them even as far back as the late 19th century airship yep. sightings. Yep. You have shapes that are, you don't see anything like that today, but barring the hoaxes, of course, were seen quite a bit for you know a number of different years. The cigar-shaped um, or Zeppelin-like, you know, which was, of course, the famous uh, dirigible from Germany in the 1930s, which flew between Europe and, and the North America. You know, we, we've had shapes like that, craft like that, hot air balloons, uh, alien balloons, hot air balloons since the 1770s and the Montgolfier brothers in France. You know, how do we explain away sightings before they were successful, before, you know, successfully flew the, the first hot air balloons? You know, we have 1897, the air balloons or dirigibles, whatever you want to call them, were seen, first of all, of, of a, the Antipodeans then, but I don't know if that's the right term for them, but New Zealand and um, 
Australia. There were a lot of sightings around that area at the time. These were investigated, but nothing could ever be found out about them. They eventually, these kind of sightings moved across to Europe and then finally in the early 1900s to the American area, if I remember correctly. Can you confirm that for me? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely, yeah. So, you know, what were these these devices? I mean, we, we know that flying craft, when we look at the Wright brothers, of course, uh, you, you know, who first flew it the early 1900s, how, how they developed from the aircraft up to like 1914 time period where the first World War came come along. We know that there was a lot of development of aircraft between that time. But again, if we go back to the Mont- Montgolfia brothers in the 1770s in France, what were these devices that were seen before then? I have a report which is mentioned in the book of a, a Japanese priest who was being beheaded in the year 1215, this was, or thereabouts, where a, a large round object was seen floating in the sky near where this execution was going to take place. Now, it, it said it was silvery and moon-like. Now, of course, they'll have known what the moon looked like and to be silvery, but it must have been a daylight sighting while we were doing an execution at night time. So these large round sightings, the different shaped craft, have been seen for millennia. So what do you hope will come out from writing this book? I mean, what kind of reaction are you hoping for and and how it could be used, not only for yourself in the future, but for other researchers as well? Well, I'm hoping that people who, who are new to the subject will find it interesting to give them a, a broad uh, look at the, some of the sightings and different shapes that we've experienced over the years. You know, as old uh, ufologist, I mean somebody called me an old school ufologist in a recent interview which uh, I kind of smiled at to be quite honest with you I'm a, as old school ufologist as it were we're not going to be around forever and a lot of the cases that we know of are going to unfortunately disappear with us. So you know I'm hoping that somebody who's new to the subject will find it of interest and again as I mentioned earlier if you've been in the subject 50 years what's wrong with having a little bit of a refresher? There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You know, it's like resitting your driving test, I suppose, you know. Now, what do you suppose they meant by old school UFO? Well, <laughs> <it> just... <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've not asked him yet what exactly what he meant. <laughs> that was Paul Sinclair who said that to me in November, the end of November when he interviewed me about the same subject. And, you, you know, I, I looked at it quite proudly, to be quite honest with you. I'm viewed as an old school ufologist. I think he was secretly referring to the fact that I, I tend to think nuts and bolts more than orbs and fireballs and all the rest of it, you know. Well, I, I wonder, because I, I run into this a lot where old school ufologists would mean that you actually pay attention to past events, comparing yeah. them to what's going on now, yeah. when a lot of people don't care about what happened in the past, they just want to know what's going on now. Well, if we don't learn from the past, we're not going to be prepared for the future, are we? Mm, exactly, exactly. It's like, especially with the uh, recent developments with, say, you know, the American uh, military becoming interested in UFOs, that there weren't any UFO sightings before 2004. Oh, no, uh, well, that's, that's a fact, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I keep saying, you know, that I've said this many times, they've got information going back at least 70 years. The CIA's got it, or they've had it, you know, and it's most of it, a lot of it is released on the internet now. You, you can read the various case reports and files there. The FBI, we know, have had it. 
is it the NSA that you got over there as well, guys? I think, you know, they must have some information. What's wrong with putting all this information in one computer base, a database where it can be checked and it can be referred to and they can compare things quickly? Hey man, I'm all, I'm I am all for that. <laughs> it's like earlier I was trying to find the case that I talked about uh, about the uh, uh, very old case of the cross-shaped UFO with uh, spheres on the uh, on all the ends, and just doing a rudimentary Google search, I couldn't find anything that went past say 2004. It's older cases are extremely hard to dig up unless you have a specific name to use. Yeah, but don't forget that the authorities, those in control, keep moving the goalposts. Hmm. You know, let's be honest, 1947 flying saucers, right. 1950s UFO, 1990s perhaps FTs, then they became UAPs. You know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. So they keep moving the goalposts. When we ask for information relating to UFO, I'm sorry, we haven't got any on that because we deal with UAPs now. So they keep (laughs) moving the goalposts so that we can't find the information that we're after. Hey there, we're just about out of time. Chris, tell our listeners, if you please, where they can find more information about you. Well, to find more information about me, I have a Facebook page. Just look for Chris Evers on Facebook. You can find uh, the Outer Limits magazine website at www.olm-mag.co.uk. All the information's on there. And you can find information about the conferences we run, subscribing to the magazine, how to get a copy of the book. Or you can look for Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press disc with a k and he'll have details on his website there all about the book and the books that he publishes if you go to amazon you can find my book which is the shape of things to come from elsewhere just simply by putting chris evers e-v-e-r-s book and it'll come up i'm the only one on there with, with that book hey you can find us on twitter which is now x and threads and also Facebook, look for the Paracast. Go to the Paracast.store for branded merchandise for listeners. Go to the Paracast.plus to sign up for our After the Paracast podcast as part of the Paracast Plus. The Paracast Plus also gives you this show without the network ads. So you get this show without the network ads, the After the Paracast bonus podcast. At the lowest prices ever, the Paracast dot plus, the Paracast dot plus. Chris Evers, great to meet you. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. My pleasure, gentlemen. Be great to speak with you both. Thank you for your time. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.